Hi everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of What's a Crime with Gronya and Gemma. So for this week's episode, we have an absolutely crazy story about two women that go missing from Ohio in 2016 and an absolutely terrifying 911 call that will send shivers up your spine. In Ashland, Ohio, in August 2016, a young woman, 29-year-old Elizabeth Griffith, goes missing. Elizabeth suffers from mental health problems. She is diagnosed with schizophrenia and mania. So she would see things or hear things that weren't actually there. And I also read up on an episode where she actually poured kerosene on herself and set her own hair on fire. Her day-to-day needs were overseen by a therapist at Appleseed Community Health. She was counseled there by a lady called Tina Swartz. Tina started to notice that Elizabeth was missing some of her appointments and she was worried about her. Elizabeth was very regimented so you know she did everything on time and she wasn't like her to miss appointments so that's why she was worried about her. She also rang into the Appleseed helpline every other night but her last call came in on August 15th. So a couple of weeks later, on the 7th of September, Tina and another caseworker went to her apartment to check on her. They seen that her laundry was piled up and there was no signs she had recently been there. They did some checking around with her neighbours and they realised that no one had seen her in several weeks. So does she not have any immediate family that were worried about her or any friends or anything that noticed that she wasn't there? No, like unfortunately she didn't really seem to have anybody that she was very close to that would look for her or advocate for her. Or maybe just weren't living in where she lived, yeah. same town or wherever, okay. So obviously this worried Tina and she reported Elizabeth missing to the Ashland police. Unfortunately, the story doesn't really get that much attention and the police do put some photos of Elizabeth on their Facebook page asking the public if anybody had seen her or heard from her. The images that they used were of her last known sighting, which was in a Walmart on August 16th. So there is really very little information available about Elizabeth's disappearance. She doesn't really seem to have any close family members, like you said, or anyone to vouch for her. And unfortunately, it's just kind of forgotten about. Which I think is crazy. Which is so sad. I mean... She's literally vanished. A girl has vanished. And, and it's, it's just, just like, oh, we've tried. We put up a few missing posters on Facebook, on Facebook, basically. Yeah. So they don't really seem to, you know, put much effort into finding her or worrying about her. Okay. That is until the 8th of September, 2016, when mother of two and grandmother Stacey Stanley disappears. Stacey was a 43-year-old woman and she had spent the day in Ashland, Ohio, And that evening, she called her son, Kobe Stanley, to let him know that she had a flat tire and that she was at a petrol station. Kobe said that his mother had told him she was with a, quote, nice man and that he had stopped to help her change her tire and that she was going to buy him a cup of coffee to say thank you and go home. Alarm bells. I know. Nice man. Nice man. Not a nice man. (laughs) So... Kobe said that he spoke to his mother several times a day, but on the following day after this, there was no contact from her. He tried to call her all day on the 10th, but to no avail. 
her family members obviously were getting really worried about her. Um, I did read somewhere as well that she was really, really close to her sister. I think that they used to live together and then um, they, they don't live together anymore, but they still spoke on the phone every day. When they discovered that Stacy had not been in contact with anyone in the family, they decided to break into her Greenwich home and check on her. When they did, they found her dogs were still in their cages and they had defecated in them. So obviously that... She hadn't been home. She hadn't been home. A long time. Yeah. Well, not a long time, but she hadn't been home when she should be home. Yeah, exactly. In a couple of days, it looks like it. They're obviously panicking they're obviously worried because no one has heard from her her dogs were in their cages so she wasn't home so they filed a missing persons report to ashland police on september 11th according to a report by people magazine the authorities kind of dismissed that she was in danger they kind of didn't really take her disappearance seriously assuming that she had relapsed and that is because stacy was a recovering heroin addict so she had been in trouble with the police in the past However, in the last six months, she was reclaiming her life. She was sober. She was going to work every day. She was a loving mother. And, you know, it wouldn't have been like her to have just disappear without telling anybody. Exactly. The police found Stacey's car. It was found on 9th Street, which was not far from the petrol station where she was last seen. The driver's seat was all the way back and her son, Corey, said she wasn't that tall, so she wouldn't have had it that far back. And they also found camel cigarettes in the ashtray, which were not her brand that she smoked. So the family came to the conclusion that someone someone else, else, yeah, yeah, someone was driving the car. Someone else had been driving her car. So even with this information, the police still didn't really take it seriously that she was in danger. Her family stated that the police shrugged off suspicion, saying that, quote, she was probably went to get high with someone, unquote. I mean, irregardless of her past issues or, you know, whatever she had done in the past. She is a missing person. She's, she's missing. a missing person. And her car, like, you don't just up and leave your car. And the fact that someone else, well, they think someone else was driving the car. Exactly. Anyway, okay, what happened? So the family are obviously distraught that the police aren't taking this seriously enough. They are rallying around and they are going to the neighbourhoods, they're handing out flyers, they're knocking on doors and, you know, they're kind of doing more than the police are doing, to be honest. Then, a few days after this, on September 13th, the Ashland police receive a harrowing phone call that might provide some insight into what happened to both Elizabeth and Stacey. So I'm going to play you the 911 call. It is a little bit long. However, I would advise you to listen to the end. It is honestly terrifying. The suspense, it gives me chills. Okay. What is the address to your emergency? Five the Fourth Street Laundry Mat. What is it? Fourth Street Laundry Mat. What's the problem? I've been exhausted. What's your name? How do you spell your last name? Who abducted you? John Green. You said John Green? Sean Greg. Where's she at now? Asleep. Where's she sleeping at? In the bedroom. In what bedroom? 
There's two houses right by the laundry street, and it's in one of those houses. But you're at the laundromat? No, I'm I'm in the bedroom with them. What color is the house? Is it know, if I'm looking at the laundromat, which way is it? If you're looking in the laundromat, it's one on the left of the two. You don't know what color the house is? No. Please hurry. Does he have a car? No. Well, he sat down the street. What's your phone number you're calling me from? And you think it's a yellow house? I think so, but it's on the left. Is it an apartment? No, it's a house. Okay, does he own the house? No, he broke into it. Does anybody actually live there? I think they've been abandoned. And his name is Sean Great? Yes. Like G-R-A-T-E? Yes. Does he have a weapon? Where do you live? What does he look like? Is he a white male or a black male? White. Is he like six foot or is he shorter than that? He's like six one, six two. Do you know how much he weighs? Probably one seventy five. Are you injured? his hair? Brown. Do you know what color his eyes are? No. What's he wearing? Nothing right now. Is he still sleeping? Yes. Where did he take you from? My, my apartment. I mean, I was walking with him. You were walking with him? Mm -hmm. Or were you walking too? His place, I have known him for like a month and a half. Is there any way you can get out of the building? I don't know without waking him and I'm scared. Is there a bathroom in the, the house? Well, his bedroom is closed, and he made it so it would make noise. But if you told him you had to go to the bathroom, he would do something to you? Yeah, because he had me tied up. So are you tied up now? Well, I... Yeah, but I kind of freed myself. Is he in the same room with you? Yes. Is it his phone you have? We have officers we're sending. Okay. Please send Okay, if you're worried, you don't have to talk. You can just set the phone down, okay? I just need to hear if the officers find you or not. Are you upstairs or are you downstairs? We're downstairs. There's a door. There's a side door on the right of the left house. And that's... Before we enter, immediately there's a kitchen right there, and then the bedroom is right, right.
Are you bleeding from anywhere? Not anymore. What were you bleeding from? You don't have to talk if you don't need to, okay? Do you know where he lives? Just shut the phone down. Are you still there? I'm a smoker. What? I'm a smoker. Do you hear any officers outside? No. Okay, they're in the area. See, I think you come in the side door slow, like, um, softly. Is there a padlock on the bedroom door, or is it just a regular lock? Get out. Afraid of waking him. If I knew the cops were right there, I would do it. I don't even know if it opens. How it opens. Is there a window around there you can look out? Yeah, but the floor squeaks and it's right by his head. Are you laying down? No, I'm standing right by the bedroom door. And you can't open it? What? Can you open it? Is the door to the house open? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. I don't think he has a key. I'm not sure. I think he broke in here. Can you see out any window that you're at? They're all, um, they're all curtains shut. If you think you can get out, you need to get out. Not unless they were right here. He would hear me catch me any strong. He's on the first floor. Are you at the house closest to the laundromat or the other one? Are you the one closest to the laundromat or the other one? He was standing in the laundromat looking at the two houses. It would be on the left. Here, look out of the laundromat. So if you're looking at the laundromat, it'd be the one on the right. At the laundromat. If you're looking at the laundromat, it'd be the one on the left. Side door. Side door. And the side door. The side door to the right. Okay, I can hear him. You hear him? Yes, I do. Okay, do you think you can get out? Are you out of the bedroom? Yes. It doesn't have a doorknob. You need to push. The door doesn't have a doorknob? Can you see them? He said, push the door. Are they on the other side of the door? Yeah, I think so. She said, how do you guys push the door? There's no doorknob there. Just push it. you get out of the bedroom? And the door is open. Look around on the net. It's on the net. If you're looking at the one, you might come in.
Can you hear anybody right now? She heard the side door open. You're out. Okay, can you get to the door where you can see out? Huh? Can you get out of the house? It's locked. Are you at the door? at the door. You're on the door to the right-hand side of the house. She's at the door on the right side of the house. She got out of the bedroom. Is there a window there? Yeah, I'm looking out and they come and come back. She said to hurry, hurry. She said to hurry up and come back. Can you? Yeah, they can see me if they come through it. The door is locked. No, the bedroom door had no door handle. This was, she is locked. She can't get out. Can you unlock the door at all? Come out, come out. Hurry up, hurry up. Get out of here. Where is he? Still sleeping? Still sleeping? Yeah. Okay, they have her. Where are you? Oh, okay. Here's the blanket. Well, you can't be in there. Here, cover yourself up. Tell me what happened. What happened? Okay, so that call is terrifying. Terrifying. You feel like screaming, like just get her, get her, oh get her out God. of the house. Get her out of the house. And you the know? operator, like asking three hundred and five questions. Like, why is she asking her well, so I many know questions? She's trying to keep her on the phone, but I know. But she's like, "Someone come help me! Like, where are they?" And, and you know the part where she says, get, "I know, come back." Oh, that's anyway. And she's so calm. Like, I would have woke him up, but because I would have just been, <laughs> I would have woke him up straight away. I would have been screaming. screaming. She's so brave. So the police finally arrive at the house that this girl is being held at, and they find. The most shocking thing. So when they get there, a closet door was obscured and there was duct tape over the seams and a blanket across the bottom of the floor. So the agents opened the door and they found maggots covering the inside with a pile of clothing. The word that they used to describe the smell was deplorable. Under the clothes, they found the decomposing body of Elizabeth Griffith. Her naked body was lying face down with the top of her head resting against the wooden trim. It gets worse. They go down to the basement where they find piles of rubbish and again that all too familiar smell of decomposition. Under the trash they find the body of Stacy Stanley. She has binding around her neck and she was naked from the waist oh down. God. I know. The third girl who made it out of the house alive, the only one that made it out alive, her name has never been released for her protection. They found items in the house. There were two stun guns, brass knuckles, the keys to Stacey Stanley's car and her debit card. Oh, and they also found cloth bindings tied to a bed frame and sex toys. 
And according to the autopsy, both women had been strangled. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Before I actually tell you about him, can I also just say something? The house that this girl was being kept in and where the bodies of these two women were held in, this house was a house that Stacey Stanley's family had actually knocked on the door. What? And they, for some reason, find this house suspicious and they asked the police, could they check it out? And the police refused. So was it an abandoned house? Yeah, it was like an abandoned house beside a laundromat. And they just felt like there was something off about it. And, you know, they thought maybe she was inside or something. That's so strange, isn't it? Yeah, and the police wouldn't. I don't know why, what they, you know, maybe they just didn't want to get a warrant or they thought there was no need. But that would make you so angry if you were her family. So the man that was there, that was asleep while the lady was making the 911 call, was Sean Great. Sean Great was 40 years old, born on August 8th, 1976, from Ohio. He was described as a charming man in his teens, but was later described as jealous, controlling and violent. His ex-girlfriend, who he met in 2005, were together for five years. And in interviews since this whole fiasco happened, she described him as an emotionally abusive person and she was able to get away from him in 2010 but not without suffering an assault which resulted in her ending up in the hospital. And it was after this incident he was arrested and served 180 days in jail. So despite him having a lengthy criminal history, he had only spent about four years in prison for a burglary and violating early release conditions with an assault and for domestic violence. He also had a few charges relating to marijuana and alcohol through the years. His mother, who he was estranged from, she granted just one interview to a British tabloid. She told the reporter that drugs and prison changed her son. Quote, yes, he's good looking, but the devil's good looking too. He ain't no red horns and all that stuff. You find out he's charming and of course the charm can charm the pants off anybody. Unquote. What a thing to say about your own son. I know. Although he wasn't known to Stacey Stanley, he just met her randomly in that petrol station. Uh, He actually was known to Elizabeth Griffith. So they used to meet apparently in the supermarket and play games. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but I think what that um, relates to is like games like arcade games that were in the supermarket. Like, yeah. yeah. And he was also known to the third unnamed victim. So the unnamed girl, um, Jane Doe, we'll call her, she said that she met Sean Great at a Salvation Army Community Centre. On September 11th, he took her to the place he had been staying at on Covert Court, which was that kind of derelict house beside the laundromat. Um, He didn't own it or anything. I think he just kind of was squatting there, basically. So she said that she had seen him as a big brother figure and she went there willingly. But when they got there, he hit her in the face, tore her clothes off and abused her, quote, in every way possible, unquote. She testified that he threatened to kill her, put duct tape on her and choked her. He forced her to take muscle relaxants and videotape the assaults. Oh, God. I know. Sick. Whilst in custody, Sean actually, shockingly, admitted to the murders of three more women so an acquaintance of sean called rebecca lacy she was found deceased in march 2015 
She was a prostitute and her death was actually originally ruled an overdose because she had drugs in her system. But he admitted that she had tried to steal four dollars from him and so he strangled her and dumped her body. Oh my, as you do, as you do, someone tries to steal four dollars. Four dollars, like come on. He also admitted to killing a woman in 2006. He couldn't remember her name but he knew it was something like Dana or Diane or something like that. But the police were actually able to link the remains of an unidentified girl found in Marion County in 2007. She actually remained unidentified for 12 years. Mother of two, Dana Lowry, was just 23 when she disappeared. So she was travelling door to door selling magazines and Sean believed she was trying to scam his mother out of money when his mum was ordering magazines. So he coaxed her into coming into his house where he said he wanted to buy more magazines. There he strangled her to death and dumped her body in Marion County where it was discovered a year later and it took 12 years to identify Dana. Well, why wasn't she reported missing? Like, she obviously had children. She had two children and I think that her partner just thought that she upped and left and he never ever reported her as missing. I know. So they were able to identify her using technology um, from like a Jane Doe project, which is a non-profit, and that's how they were able to identify her as Dana. After a 23-page indictment was filed against Sean Great in the Ashland County Common Pleas Court, he was indicted on counts of aggravated murder, kidnapping and multiple sexual assaults. Initially, his lawyers entered a plea of not guilty on all charges, but then Sean confessed to the murders in a press interview and they later entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. He was given a death sentence for the two murders and life imprisonment for the other three. He is currently incarcerated waiting for the death penalty in Chillicoth Correctional Institution. I just find it so sad that it took that 911 call to actually find these women and realise that they had been in danger all along. I know, and how frustrating it must have been for the families. Can you imagine your yeah. mother, your grandmother's missing? You're searching, you're begging the police, and they're not to take taking it, it seriously. Not, and you're like one thing they asked them knock on this door or search this house, and they didn't even do that. It's just it's unbelievable. It's so frustrating. I feel like they were just neglected by the police. Both of the women, like they weren't yeah. taken seriously enough, and it shouldn't matter about their background or their mental health situation or you know that they used drugs in the past it just it just wasn't taken seriously enough and I just feel like had it been taken more seriously then maybe we wouldn't be talking about these women on this episode. Okay guys we hope that you enjoyed this episode you can tune in next week for a brand new episode of What's the Crime and please like and subscribe and also you can catch us on Instagram or Facebook at What's the Crime. Thanks for listening. Bye.